0: 18 of Slaytanik Vercast, the internet's only comprehensive chronological retrospective of the world's greatest thrash metal band, the mighty Slayer. Each week we dissect a track from their back catalogue by playing through the song, analysing the lyrics and giving a final appraisal. I'm Mo from France and to my west broadcasting from an evil cannibal clown training facility on Piccadilly Circus.
1: It's Dr. Lee Quessence. How you doing, Doc? Yo, ho, ho. I'm having a lovely time. I'm surrounded by cannibal clowns. I mean, Mm -hmm. how does life get any better? Mm. What what are you doing there? I'm I'm observing cannibal clown behaviour because they're absolutely fascinating. I mean, as you can imagine, in my life, I encounter my my, my fair share of ignorance and prejudice and bigotry. Mm-hmm. Well, um, because of your massive flippers. Uh, well, the, the the flippers certainly don't help, um, yeah. and um, neither does the fact that my vocal cords are attached to my rectum, which of puts some people off, when I have to <laughs> whisper into their ears.
0: It is distressing, Doc. Uh, it, it took me it took me months and months to get
1: used to that. Yeah, uh, um, you see. It's kind of my mistake because my eyeballs are also on my fingertips. Mm -hmm. I can look away very, very easily. That's true. That's Uh, true. I I, I appreciate it's not the fact for the most people. Mm. But um, as I said, we live in a world of darkness and prejudice and ignorance. And when you say cannibal clown to most people, um, what they think is the frill around the neck, the garish face paint, and the appetite for human flesh. I'm thinking Stephen King's "Eat." That's what comes to mind for me.
0: Um Yeah.
1: Um, and, uh, I mean, that, that film certainly has not helped the prejudice around cannibal clowns, mm-hmm. and, and neither has the film Killer Clowns from Outer Space. That, of that hasn't helped either. But I... the thing is, the more time I spend around cannibal clowns, and the more I observe the things they're capable of, and the creative feats they can accomplish... I've been absolutely amazed, and I've had to come to the conclusion that what people need to understand about cannibal clowns is they're all about the neck frill, the face paint, and the human flesh.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Are are you not fearful that at some point they could turn on you
0: and and dine on your flesh? They only eat human flesh. That's true, that's true. And yours is, as we've previously discussed, a strange kind of amorphous grey sludge, which probably not particularly appetizing.
1: Um, so the, the composition at the moment is um, the, the, the epidermis, the outside um, is still about 70%, 100% natural latex rubber. Mm. Um, there are some bony protrusions, um, and then some of the external visible parts um, are made from fiberglass and some bits of Soviet tank armor, um, the bits that really need protecting. Um, a few of the internal organs are humanoid in origin, mm-hmm. um, but I think that's offset by the number of internal parts that are not even mammalian in origin.
0: No, when I look at you, Doc, I think of like a badly formed pencil rubber. Um, th- 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 that's really what springs to mind. Crichton from Red Dwarf is is, is is the closest human-ish approximation to your form that I can think of. You are disgusting to look at, but I love you all the same. Um, I am human. I am human, Doc. And I have human frailties, human needs and weaknesses. Um, today is my last day of the 14-day self-isolation I've been forced to endure. Um, for the privilege of of returning to this this green and pleasant land we call Old Blighty. Um, So tomorrow, I shall dine on cocaine and hookers, if it's all the same to you. Um, Corrections. Are you ready? I am, yes. Here we go. We've got two today, have we? Yes, we have got two, unless you have one to add to the pile. Number one. In the Haunting the Chapel episode, I suggested that Metallica had never released an EP. Wrong, Mo. Wrong again. Um, Metallica, of course, released the highly regarded Garage Days Revisited, one of the most famous EPs in metal of all time. Not contemporaneous to Haunting the Chapel, admittedly, but still, I, I hold my hands up. I got it wrong. You remember that one, Doc?
1: Uh, That particular EP?
2: Mm.
0: Um, No, I don't. No, you're not big into your Metallica, Royce. I'm I'm
1: not surprised. Metallica never, honestly, just never made much impact on me. Yeah. Um, I I don't know whether they're one of those bands you have to meet in your adolescence for Mm. them to really take.
2: Mm.
1: Mm. Um, I I did meet Slayer in my adolescence, and they really took. Um, But for whatever reason, I, I, I never got around to hearing Metallica until much later. And um, they don't, don't know, just never did it for me.
0: No, I have a curious relationship with Metallica. Generally, when I talk about them, I'm quite sniffy and a bit derogatory. But when I, you know, on, on the odd occasion, when I do listen to, you know, their classic era stuff, those three albums, Ride the Lightning, Master of Puppets, and Justice for All, my God, I absolutely, when I listen to it, I absolutely love it. Um, but just their reputation has been sullied so dramatically by some of the other turgid guff they decided to inflict upon the world. Um, correction number two, in the cover special, we waxed lyrical about the fact that post-Sabbath, jazz had almost no influence on metal. It gnawed at me, Doc. It gnawed at me. I feel we have to acknowledge the extreme technical death bands who would assuredly seek to disagree. Bands like Anata, Arsis, Decapitated,
1: etc. We forgot those guys, Doc. Yeah, I mean, um, it depends how how far you want to take this. Yeah, Um, The the ones that I thought of post-facto... one falls into the exact category that you mentioned mm-hmm. uh, which is obviously death of course um, I think an honourable mention to Rollins Band
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, who even though Black Flag were the definitive West Coast hardcore band I don't think you can call Rollins Band anything other than metal um, and it, it, it depends what you, you, you deem to be the the cut-off point of jazz I mean if if you're a proper modern jazz head um, then you might be the kind of person who thinks by 1969 it was all over um, and it was nothing but fusion bollocks after that
2: sure Um, if you're a
1: different kind of jazz fan um, you might even begin to think that um, by 1969 that the the very best stuff hadn't been made yet Um, I think by virtue of um, it being well known as a form of musicians, that's a form of music that's practiced only by musicians who are um, technical virtuosos
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, and having extreme chops um, is the one defining characteristic of what makes you a jazz musician. Um, I think anyone who, anyone, anyone who gets really good on their instrument Um, is going to start paying attention to playing some jazz at some point and is probably going to have a dabble in um, a side project with free jazz influences and um, will probably end up doing a side project with Martin Frizzell or John Zorn or someone like that at some point. Um, Sure. And I I suppose when I said that um, Black Sabbath were sort of like the last point um, which jazz really had an influence on um, on metal. Um, the bass player and the drummer um, had previously sort of served time in jazz bands as opposed to rock and roll bands. Mm-hmm. I think it really sticks out in their playing. Yeah. Um, I think Billboard um, doesn't get nearly enough credit for moving "quote unquote" pop music or "quote unquote" rock and roll beyond "boom tish, boom tish, keep time, keep time." Yeah. Um, Keith Moon gets all the credit for that, and he deserves it. And Ginger Baker gets all the credit for that, and he deserves it too. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- there's 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 a lyricism and a melodicism in Billboard's playing that I think comes has has a far more direct lineage straight from modern jazz from the fifties. Um, and I think Mr. Butler's bass playing as well. Um, I think Mr. Butler could have um, sat in. Um, on any number of uh, modern jazz recordings throughout the 1960s, and I don't think he would have been particularly out of place playing exactly the way he played in Black Sabbath, um, and that's kind of what I meant by that statement. Yeah. if it confused anybody? gross apologies.
0: No, 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 it, no, it's fine. But I just thought it was worth just worth mentioning. You know, the, the, we're not ignorant of these of these things. You know, I think all but the most um, closed-minded of jazz heads would would have to. You know, if they were to sit down and listen to, I don't know, cynic and Atheist, for example, they would have to, they would have to acknowledge the influence, surely. Um, I just thought it was worth a mention. Uh, today's topic, good doctor, um, mm. tattoos in metal. Give me your brain.
1: Oh. Tattoos in metal. Mm. What uh, do you think? Goodness me. Um, Well, you've you've picked on a subject um, of which I am almost completely ignorant. So um, first things first, because we're getting onto a subject which people have opinions about. And I've been invited to comment on a a subculture or a culture um, which I'm completely ignorant about. Um, I've never regarded them as an essential component of metal. Mm -hmm um apart from um I was going to say apart from really obvious people who are um, known for their skin art um, they came up a few minutes ago so I'm going to have to mention Henry Rollins mm-hmm. um, I'm also going to have to mention um, David Vincent and his spectacular forearms mm.
2: um
1: beyond that um just as a
0: general concept I'm struggling is it part of the is it part of the uniform that's really that's really what i'm going for here
1: um i don't think it has to be no um i i'm i'm very very reluctant to begin sounding off um about a subject that i'm actually so ignorant about mm-hmm. um and i'm also very very reluctant to start sounding off about um basically whole entire culture that um, i'm not a member of i'm not a participant in mm-hmm. um, and there are probably many many people listening who think that therefore i've got no right or entitlement to speak on the subject um i don't happen to think it's part of the uniform
0: D- does it make a guitarist look more metal if they happen to have you know a bunch of tattoos on their arms or, you know, or they have a full sleeve? Is, is it intrinsically more metal if, if you are inked?
1: What do you think? I think it depends on the kind of metal. Yeah, go on. I Because I agree, um, with, I agree so, with that statement. Once again, speaking from ignorance, just so everyone knows, um, I struggle to think of um, a particular subgenre sort of genre of metal that's more closely associated with, with body art um, than um, the new metal, mm-hmm. um, and including piercings and scarification and all kinds of other things as well. Sure. Um, Converse to that, I suspect if you spoke to true Norwegian black metal people, um, they would be fairly opposed um, to the idea of um, that kind of self mutilation or. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, probably what what they would see as, as 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 some sort of a pollutant.
0: Would you would, um, you, would you put Glen um, Benton's you know branding in the same category as tattooing?
1: What do you think about that? Um, no, I'd put it in the So I, I, I mentioned scarification a little ago, um, and I'd, I'd definitely put it in with that, um, and. Um, to give you a straight answer, I'd need to have researched or spoken to a lot more people about um, why they why they go in for their form of adornment of choice, mm-hmm. um, and obviously one of the best known examples, even to outsiders like me, um, is as a, as, 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 as a pledge of allegiance, as a pledge of affiliation, mm-hmm. um, either to to your set, to your gang, um, to your to your chapter, um, to your tribe, um, pr- to to your lifestyle, um, precisely because it can't be easily effaced or erased. Mm-hmm. Um, and so saying, I suppose, to a greater or lesser extent, it demonstrates a commitment to the lifestyle. Um, if you have a huge inverted cross um and um some words in dripping blood um indelibly marked across both of your shoulders um it's a marker commitment which merely growing your hair a bit long um and buying a denim waistcoat isn't
0: <laughs> it uh, face tattoos um come into that category for me as you know doc i am inked because my flesh yes stays on my on my frame and does not slough off like yours does So you know it is possible for me to keep one. Um, and <clears throat> you know I have, I have many many tattoos, I think more, more, more than a dozen tattoos by this point, but you know Goodness none me. of them are in places that are not easy to hide. So I have nothing on my face, my neck, my hands you know and, and that, that, that is a, a bridge too far for me. Personally, from a societal point of view,
1: yeah. Um, so um, that's a strange thing. Um, once again, um, palm in the air. Um, full disclosure, position of ignorance, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I would associate the facial tattoos actually with um, modern hip hop mm-hmm. um, more than metal. Um, it's a it's a prison thing, isn't it? It's a,
0: there's a prison connection to it, surely.
1: I am unwilling to speculate uh, yes, um, I, mean, the, the,
0: I, I will speculate um, you know I, I think I think hip-hop um kind of glamorizes criminality and you know so by, by getting your face inked it is you know suggest, suggestive of the fact that it, even if it's not true you've been you've been to prison and, and were part of some kind of gang in prison and that makes you kind of big and hard basically
1: yeah, um, I mean, I, I think the um, Pledge Your Allegiance to the Gang mm-hmm. very publicly, very visibly and for life yeah. um, is a component of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know whether um, the facial tattoos, I don't know whether that's supposed to be emblematic of prison life or street life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know which aspect of the uh, the gangster experience um, that alludes to or is supposed to allude to. Sure. Um I mean, it's, I suppose what it comes down to is, um, and this is a question that many, many subcultures or many, many parts of society uh, have to deal with at some point, at what point do they wish to blend into society and convince people that we're just the same as you, except for the kind of music we listen to, Oblique Stroke, who we choose to go to bed with, um, Oblique Stroke, what we choose to put in our cigarettes mm-hmm. versus um at what point do you want to make a big effort to put a great big raised middle finger up to society at large i mean from from a different culture uh, the expression would be out and proud wouldn't it
0: mm-hmm. oh yeah sure yeah it's interesting um, i think i think th- I think we've, we've we've probably milked that as, as much as we can for content and I am aware that tonight's track is a little is quite a long one um, so let's if you don't object Doc, let's press on
1: I don't um I sort of apologize for uh, to everyone for um, for letting the uh, letting the side down a bit there just so everyone knows mo um, by prior arrangement springs the questions on the um, with no notice at all mm-hmm. um, and this is going to happen from time to time that the, the kind of subject that I've got no prior experience of um, and I haven't taken the time to do enough research about and speak to people who are really into it. Yep. Um, and um, I hope no one minds if I, at those moments, I put my hand up and say, um, I'm, w- I'm, I'm willing to accept correction. I'm willing to be educated, but nothing to
0: say on that one right now no yeah absolutely correct and, and and i will um corroborate what the, what the good doc is saying he has no prior notice of the question or the topic of the day um so just be thankful for his eruditeness on previous subjects and, and give him a pass on this one um and if you see him in the street just give him a high one on his flipper that's what i would suggest um <laughs> let's move on doc <laughs> Okay, welcome to part two of the show here we play the track pause it from time to time to discuss what we're listening to and generally just get on down to a bit of Slayer this week's song is track two from Slayer's second album hell awaits called kill again. Here we go. Grimy, isn't it? Down and dirty and grimy
1: stuff. Instantly. Um, that might be... The first 20 seconds of that might be some of my 20 favourite seconds of metal ever. I thought oh, it was wow. fantastic. Fabulous. Fabulous. Uh, I mean, it's it's thick. Um, it's uncommon heavy for Slayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the production on the double bass. On, on, on Right. I'm going to say I love the production on the double bass drums. Um, here's a question: Do we have double bass drums at this point?
0: I mean, th- th- that's a great question. I don't know the answer. I, I mean, there's clearly two. There's clearly two pedals, but whether whether there are two separate drums, I don't know the answer to that.
1: Um, yeah. Um, in any case, uh, whether the guy is doing something absolutely superhuman with just the one foot, mm-hmm. which I've heard drummers be able to do. Um, I'm assuming they would not choose to do so if they did have a a double trap pedal set, um, or if they had two bass drums and two pedals. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, it sounds brilliant in a way. um, I'm going to put a chalk mark on the wall uh, and say the start of this track is the first time that anyone has ever really nailed how to record the drums for Slayer. Wow,
2: here we go. (laughs)
0: is proto death metal isn't it you can hear you can hear death metal here this is dismember really just just um, six six years earlier
1: definitely um yep. so um it's uh, a um genre description or a genre nomenclature that's that's uh, slid out of favor recently but um uh, slayer and more so Sepultira, but slayer were described as threat Slayer um, never, Slayer, Slayer
0: were never described as Threat, that, that came about through Sepultura because because they were the transition. Right. They were, the, you know, they were the boffin's bridge between, um, between thrash and death, and, and you know, a, a perfect fusion. And so the word Threat was was very very inelegantly created. It's a, it's a horrible word. I, I, I never use it. Um, but but you are quite right. Bothered, but though. It, I, I suppose it is, but it, it, I, I mean, I, I stand to be corrected. I don't think that term was ever applied to Slayer.
1: Um, well, I'm applying it right there. Go um, on then, <laughs> yes. that bit of that track. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't blame you. You're quite correct to, to do it.
0: I, I, I think um, this is nascent death metal. You can see, you know, why some young teenage boy's ears somewhere near tampa might have pricked up at this point and gone oh that's fucking interesting i wonder how much further i can take that
1: yeah or um, i wonder what would happen if i made a whole entire career out of those 16 bars (laughs) let's press on
0: I'm sorry I I know know it's about to to burst into life I I will rewind it a little bit shortly I just have to mention two things there that hung chord is absolutely spectacular you know that they've just been riffing full force a flurry of, of death metal style riffs and then they just hit this most evil of chords before breaking into the verse it's 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 magisterial
1: yeah, um, and it's another great example of um, sometimes it's what you don't do mm-hmm. um, that's even more effective. Um, I can't help thinking that a cookie-cutter death metal band would not have been able to resist the temptation to... They, they wouldn't have been able to bring themselves to leave that gap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They'd but, have had to have stuffed it full of something.
0: You're right. Yeah, there, 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 there would have been some kind of solo flurry, wouldn't there? You know, just, just so it didn't sound empty. Yeah. Um, and the second thing I want to mention, I love the inclusion. In fact, I love the lack of deletion of the, the four little cymbal strikes. Man, you you normally hear that live, you hear that in the rehearsal room, you do not hear that very often on, you know,
1: a fully-fledged studio album. I fucking love it. Yeah, um, I don't know why there aren't more... I'm going to call them production atmospherics. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think it's sort of a, 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 another exemplar of the two sort of different scenes um, that, that that you and I come from. Um, the stuff I, I came up with um, is full of, um, I'm going to call them production atmospherics, um, people would not necessarily edit out um, Bad cable crackle, or the sound of someone stuffing a connector into an amplifier.
2: Mm.
1: Um, people would not necessarily edit out um, the tapping of the drumsticks together um, to time the slow part. Sure. Um, and um, it, it sort of became um, a, a punk rock thing, um, in and of its own right, to uh, make a point of shouting the one, two, three, four.
0: It was part of the aesthetic, um, wasn't it? Kind of the, you know, like the yeah, lo-fi, lo-fi, down and dirty, rough and ready aesthetic. Yeah,
1: and I mean, and I, I think also um, two completely different opinions about the purpose of a record. Um, and I'll, I'll be coming back to this point a lot um, really quite soon. Um, But on the more sort of punk and indie pop side, the purpose of a record was to have as close a record as you could get um, to the live show. And the purpose of metal, um, however much people would like to deny or distance themselves from the progressive rock roots of metal, the point of making a metal album um, is to have an otherworldly experience. It's Mm -hmm. to have something transportative. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't want people reminded of the fact that they're listening to musicians in a studio or listening to people playing musical instruments. Mm -hmm. Um, It's metal attempts to do something far more cinematic, far more um, immersive. And I think that is the reason for um, taking out the... Um, in engineering drawing, uh, you'd call it rubbing out the construction lines. Mm-hmm. So all of the little pencil lines that you rule onto the paper first um, to help you draw the piece of equipment you're drawing, or to draw yeah, the part it, that it, you're drawing.
0: It's it, it's getting rid of the strings, isn't it? In special effects, basically.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. You've,
0: you've got you've um, got the model. You've you've got the model spaceship hung up by strings, and in the edit, you know that they they, dig, they digitally remove that stuff. To, to you know so as not to break the emotion
1: yeah <clears throat> um and um, i think in the future it's going to make for some very interesting discussions about how much that production overproduction, production intrusive production adds or detracts to certain bands mm, mm. Um, i think i think here
0: it, it, it's a perfect combination you you have that massive hung chord and then just dave in the background it, it, it propels the track forward it, it just adds momentum and kinetic energy to what's what's already what's already taking place i think it's fabulous definitely this i've rewound six seconds Doc. let's hear it again Some, you know, trademark Slayer stops at the start, and then it bursts into what I, I would say is the first absolutely killer verse riff that Slayer have delivered for us thus far. You know that that, that riff under the verse is, is, is so memorable. It's a real earworm. Um, you know, the vocals are not following the, ver- the are not following the riff. Um, they're in tune with it, but they're not following it. I think this is the first truly
1: classic Slayer verse riff. What are your thoughts, Doc? Um, so, I take it to be um, a new and poisonous mutation um, of the, um, the bacterial colony that got started with Welcome to Hell by Venom. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you're right, the vocals are not following the guitar part. Mm-hmm. Um but they are approximately in the same direction. And, sure. and this is another thing that um, that sets the, 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 the composition apart from the composition of um, true death metal. Um, in true death metal, it's the complex rhythms in the guitar parts that are the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the gurgling and the grunting. <laughs> um, I love death metal, don't get me wrong, uh, <laughs> just because I refer to it as gurgling and grunting. Um, the gurgling and grunting is, 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 is not the main event. The complex rhythm, rhythms are the same event. Um, the complex rhythms are kind of the main event here, except there's more than one of them. Um, mm-hmm. The guitar and the vocals are on the same path, um, or they're headed from the same starting point to the same end point, um, but they're not doing it in quite the same way. And it gives the track um, a massive amount of dynamism um, it makes it sound like it's going somewhere um, and it makes it sound like um, it's got an idea which it thinks is a good idea um, and it's confident enough about the idea that it's it's going to ask you to listen to it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you buy into it because of the confidence and the deceptive simplicity of it and you find yourself going along with it
0: I like it Doc. I, lo- I like your analysis let's go no, no. Kill the kill again it's about the interesting, isn't it? It, it, it? It's quite catchy, um, but, but I don't really like that, that, that kind of vocal chord stretching thing. That, yeah, I, I complained about it a little bit on a, a couple of tracks on Show No Mercy, and uh, I, don't, I, I don't really like this vocal delivery style from
1: Tom. Just, just, just in the chorus. I don't object to it. Mm. Um, it would great on me if the whole song was like that, mm. as indeed it did a couple of times on the first album. Um, but uh, as as another tool to pull out of the tool bag um, and use to help in in, in in the crafting of a product, um, I um, I don't object to it at all. Um, no, it's very brief. I... So,
0: so it, it's a real niggle
1: here. You know, the, 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 this is not
0: even going to take a point off my final score. It's you know, it's just a little niggly point.
1: I can't get away from the thinking. About this song, not just as proto death metal or proto threat. <laughs> um, how many words can uh, How many words can I use in this podcast that aren't even <laughs> words? Pro- proto threat isn't a word. Um, so, not merely that, but as um, as the unwanted, cast out, filthy bastard son of Noabum. It's. It's still got some nawabum elements, but mm-hmm. they've been so roughened by coarse living um, that they're almost unrecognisable. But if you look closely, you can recognise them. And I think that's what the vocal stretching is kind of part of.
2: And
0: that, di- actually, the detune, I think, really, really helps, Tom, here, um, because, you know, ju- just by detuning that half a step means he doesn't have to stretch quite as high with you know with with the vocal cords.
1: good point I mean I'm just full of praise for the production and the composition um, on on this I think the pace is perfect Um, the sounds of the instruments are perfect yeah I'm kind of expecting lots of people to think the vocals are too high in the mix okay but I don't sure sure we're halfway through let's crack on
0: Have a solo by who do you reckon doc
1: um i'm gonna take a
0: guess that's a hanneman that is a hanneman here we go <laughs> and we just swapped now we're, now we're on kerry <laughs> and we just swap back now we're back to jeff <laughs> the final solo there is by Kerry King it's audacious
1: isn't it it's audacious songwriting Um, yeah I mean it's we alluded to this when we talked about the first track on the album Um, there's a measure of confidence um, on this album Um, what was bombast um, and chest beating on the first album Um, on this album is um, it, it's 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 no longer um, the showing off of the immature. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the confident of people who have become confident in their abilities. Yep. Um, and um, so, just listening to those few short passages we've just been listening to, there are astonishing levels of restraint. So there are passages where um, there's nothing but what's actually quite a simple guitar part and not a terribly complicated guitar part, a a drum part, um, and that has a dynamism of its own. Um, And then the solos appear, and um, my my, my synesthetic um, faculty Mm -hmm. um, is thinking of the solos um, in the manner of the guitar part going along with the drum part underneath it um, is like watching the whirling disc um, of a disc cutter. Um, and it's it's got a hypnotic, entrancing quality to it, and you, you, you can just watch it. And then when it bites into the edge of the piece of steel, um, and the, the sparks of interesting different sizes start to come off, um, that's what the, the the different solos put me in mind of. Mm-hmm. So you get a shape of sparks and a size and colour when the disc cutter is cutting into a piece of metal, and you get sparks of a different size and shape and colour, when you're polishing the edge of the piece of metal or possibly when you get the cutter at a slightly odd angle Mm, mm. or when you hit a floor in the steel billet or something and a piece of debris comes out and it can have a completely different color it's it's a a completely different temperature yeah Yeah. and that's what the structure of this song makes me think of
0: Mm. you you have a fascinating brain doc um it's it's terrifying at times i love that i love 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 the, the, the the visuals you provided us with there um what I think about, you know, and as somebody who's spent time in bands, in rehearsal rooms, writing songs with other people, how do you get to the point where you say, i tell you what, i tell you, I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to have a section of the song. I'm going to play a solo. Then you're going to play a solo. Then I'm going to play a solo. And then what we're going to do, we're going to break for like eight bars and then you can have another solo. The,
1: the, 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 the structure is absolutely... Bonkers. I love it. Um, obviously, we don't have, neither of us have any great insights into the the methodology or the, the, the writing practices um, of Slayer. In my experience, stuff like that um, comes about just as you get to know other people's personalities. Mm-hmm. And the longer you spend in a band and the longer you spend hanging out with the members of your band and getting used to their personalities, <coughs> I think... If you're any kind of a sensitive individual at all, um, you'll you'll just sort of begin to drift into this almost sort of rather quite touching and romantic relationship where you you can you can anticipate each other's needs. um, Mm, That's right. You can um, you can guess what the other person might be in the mood for, um, Mm -hmm. and you 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 know when to go hard, and you know when to lay off. Sure. You know when to thrust, and, and you know when to thrust deeply. Mm. Um, and you begin to understand the meaning of the depth of every breath Mm.
0: uh, 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 Um,
1: in this song it's like you know it's like jeff and
0: the band saying you know but by the time we get to solo four they're saying kerry we you know we we know you haven't finished yet here's your chance
1: yeah exactly yeah Um, i get it i get it i get it in some projects that you and i have worked on previously Um, We were, on occasion, um, greeted with um, some Askins um, by the the drummer we were working with at the time, um, who sort of, yeah, um, expressed some some doubt as to our sanity at some of the compositions that we came up with. And we didn't think there was anything unusual about them at all. Um, It was um, his bass part. Oh, and by coincidence, I happen to have a guitar part that will go with this.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and um, the, the the poor chap who um, I wish you were here now. I wish you were joining in with us. But um, the poor chap in question would would just sort of look on in in in, in Askins, um, from behind the drum kit and go like, "What are you people doing? Um, you're <laughs> mad." Correct. Here we um, go.
0: Lovely Tom's scream, by the way. I criticised Tom's vocals in the chorus. I have to say, in the verse, I don't think he sounded better yet. I think this is his best vocal performance um, for the verse um, that we've heard thus far
1: in our, in, in our journey. Do you think, um, I want to know what you think about this. Um, he is almost on the point here of discovering that he can abandon melody or pretence at melody or attempts at melody um, because his, the, the, the classic Tomara vocal style um, which is pretty much, meaning no disrespect, but staying on the same note mm-hmm. um, at approximately the same timbre and approximately the same velocity. Sure. Um, it sounds like he's trying out how far he can go. Um, he's hanging on to the the, the vaguely Nooban melodic vocal style in the chorus, but it seems to me in the verse um, he's trying to see how far he can go with pretty much just keeping to the same note and the same speed and the same sound all the way along. And I, I think it's sort of unravelling in front of him and he's discovering that actually, you know, I can go a pretty long way with nothing but the style. Mm.
0: And I think it helps the, the you know, the, the verse riff, which we, you know, which I absolutely love. That's helping, that's helping him here because the verse riff, you know, is all on one note and then they, and then they're just finger picking for, notes on the a string so they're 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 holding their finger on the e string in one position and then they're just playing four different notes on the a string so he's just hitting the same pitch as the e string that's being played interesting yeah very interesting to to make it fit here we go should we finish up doc we've got 40 seconds to go let's finish it So there we have it. That was Kill Again from Hell White by Slayer. Come on, Doc. Give me your thoughts.
1: I loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe the first track um, from the catalogue um, where I can unconditionally say I loved every single part of it. I wow. loved every second of it all the way mm-hmm. through. Mm-hmm. I think I loved more bits of it even than you did. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it chimes so very, very much with styles and things that people do with music that even have nothing to do with metal. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, it's, it doesn't sound anything like the Stooges, but I can imagine the Stooges <coughs> writing that track. Um, it doesn't sound, and this is going to sound really, really strange, it doesn't sound in the least bit like Spaceman 3, but if you slowed that down by about a factor of 10 um, and put a lot of reverb on it, um that could be the middle 15 minutes from a Spaceman three album yeah um so I mean it, it, it's 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 got drones in it it's got held notes um there's a section quite close to the end which I loved a bit um and right now I'm still not sure whether it was actually um, a, a, a tremolo pick squeal or whether it was the um the vocals yeah. did you hear doc um by the end of the uh the scream it, it's, it's clearly human voice um but after the end of the solo after the all of the other funny guitar noises mm. for a good three quarters of a second or one second i couldn't tell whether it was a kerry king um pick squeal with a tremolo waggle mm. on it or whether it was um, a torea squeal with some vibrato on the vocals I, <laughs> very I, I very could not interesting tell.
0: yeah very very interesting so they they're kind of doubling up in their assault on our
1: senses basically um well yeah i mean sort of coming at it from three directions with the the, the twin guitar attack and the vocals mm. um, and it's doing something else which um, i enjoy very much i enjoy lyrics i like reading lyrics i like thinking about lyrics but <clears throat> i'm just as keen on that the whole voice as instrument um, approach. I've got a question so, for you, Doc. Um, yes.
0: Is it too long? It's five minutes long. Is that too long for a straight ahead thrash monster like that?
1: Um, I wasn't bored. Mm for even one quarter even one eighth of a second Mm -hmm. during that song Mm. um there are other songs by bands including slayer that have got running times of less than half that Mm -hmm. and my patience is being tested by 30 seconds the reason the reason i asked
0: the question is because it there are no real dynamics to the song it starts off heavy and quick The middle part is heavy and quick, and it ends heavy and quick. It doesn't really transition very much.
1: Um, But it's got a groove. Mm. Um, It might not have a groove such that fans of Sly and the Family Stone um, might recognise. But what stops it from being as downright tedious um, as, I'm sorry, a really, really good chunk of Cookie Cutter Death Metal? Mm. um is it's got a groove to it sure um how do i define a groove a groove is one of the things you can't define um well, a groove you know what you hear it yeah and it makes you and it makes you make your ass
0: yeah well, that's it isn't a groove is it you know it makes you tap your foot or you know or, or dance or bounce around that's a groove isn't it yeah you know um, um we're running a bit long, Doc. Any any, any final thoughts before we move on to the lyrics?
1: Um, No, I mean, um, I hope I've made, abundant, made it abundantly clear that I really, really, really like this track. Yeah,
0: you quite like this song, don't you? Yes, I think that's because it is dank and evil, just like you. you. Welcome to part three of the show. Here... We read through and dissect the lyrics that Tom is generally screaming in our... Doc, ge- t- 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 stop making me laugh. In our general direction. So, here goes. Let's the dismal in the dismal fog, hungry for your blood, seeking harmless victims, satisfy my needs, schizophrenic lunatic, uncontrolled desire, rape and ravage lady fair, pledged to die.
1: Go on, Doc. What are you thinking about? This album would have come out um, at pretty much the midpoint, I would say, of the mainstream Slasher
2: movie
1: mm-hmm. um, So this would have been a time When we're into the era Of the kinder gentler Slasher movie
2: um,
1: yes. And people were People were beginning to sort of um, Warm up to, uh, to Freddy Krueger mm-hmm. And uh, you, you, could, you could buy a Michael Myers Mask um, From a toy shop to form part of your Halloween costume mm-hmm. And I think it's worth Bearing in mind that a precious few years Before this Um, what would later become known as slasher films um, were very nasty um, very very evil very antisocial socially unacceptable pieces of filth Mm -hmm. and whatever my personal opinion about the politics of all of that stuff actually was um, which you can probably guess already there's still something laudable about people being willing to create such irredeemable filth. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you have to approach a song like that um, with a similar kind of hat on. Um, If you're expecting um, to find some sort of redemptive message in it or some way of redeeming it, um, I think you're onto a loser. Um, yep. You need to prepare yourself for the fact that um, this is um, a piece of nastiness um, that wants to squirm around in its own muck.
0: Yep, yep, I agree. This is, um, um, you know, th- 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 this is not kind of post-Hollywood picking up the slasher um, mantle, you know. Th- 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 this is indie filmmakers grubbing around in, you know, a, a, a forest somewhere in, I don't know, New Jersey, you know just, just just making the most vile rancid thing they possibly can and here is Slayer putting it both into music and into
1: words Yeah um, very specifically it makes me think of, um, and I don't have a director for this uh, off the top of my head, um, a film which I've variously seen marked up as the Brooklyn Ripper or possibly the New York Ripper mm. um, and it's um, I would be surprised if the member, some member of Slayer, hadn't seen that film. Um, New, New York, New is Abel Ferrara, isn't it? That is that is pre Driller Killer, I think. Um, I'm not sure. Well oh, um, maybe. I believe it may actually be Italian. Yes,
0: um, on, on, on second thoughts, I think it's folky
1: Yeah. Um, I think the Abel Ferrara offering you're thinking of is Miss Forty Five.
0: I think you're absolutely correct, sir. So that, that 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 name just bubbled up into into the the dark recesses of my brain. I think you're absolutely correct.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, so Miss um, Forty Five and I Spit on Your Grave mm-hmm. and those kind of films are kind of in a different political spectrum. Um, mm-hmm. New York Ripper is is, is just. Um, I haven't seen it many times. I don't particularly want to watch it again. Um, And my overall feeling of coming out of it um, is that it's such an an unutterably depressing film. And the reason is because point number one, there really are people like that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And point number two, because of the direction, because there's lots of POV and there's lots of voiceover, you finish the film spending... Feeling like you've just spent eighty-five minutes imprisoned inside the sick bastard's head, and you finish the film banging on the inside of his skull, going "Let me out, let me out."
0: Oh, it's exhausting. Yeah, New York Ripper is an exhausting watch. A a film I've I've only watched once and will never choose to watch again. Um, It is fulky If if we are correct that it is fulky, but and I think it is, it it is fulky at his kind of you know most kind of. Artistically uninspired and most depraved, both at the same time.
1: Yeah, um, and I, I, I think what we have here um, is the, the 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 musical the musical equivalent of something like that. With within the first sort of eight lines, um, you've got horrible gender politics. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got horrible attitudes towards um, mental illness. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got a very very dismal picture of urban decay and urban existence
0: yep Mm -hmm. exactly the Um, image i imagine that they were going for to be honest i think it's a confused mix of thoughts really here by the by the protagonist that's being portrayed you know is he a vampire Maybe. Hungry for your blood. So it's, 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 you know, suggestive of vampirism. And, and, and you know, vampirism is not something that Slayer are afraid of, as we'll be seen in the next track on this album. Um, is he a, just a straight rapist? Is he a schizophrenic? It, it, it specifically says schizophrenic, but is that being used literally or figuratively? Is he all of the above? Um, I don't know. It, 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 it's, it's a hodgepodge of stuff, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and I think the next um, stanza uh, is going to go some way to qualifying some of those questions, so may we proceed? Before we do that, who is pledged to die, and who, and pledged by whom? I think this is one of those wonky bits of Slayer lyricism. Um, So, um, they've got an apparent metre for the verse. Mm -hmm. Um, They got to the end of the uh, second second verslet. Mm-hmm. Um, or the bit immediately before the chorus pledged um, mm, is a very that, interesting that's the word, word that's the word that, that's caught my attention it's obviously has connotations of fulfilling a promise
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, it also has connotations of being a probationary member um, of some sort of selective society
0: yeah so the, the, when, I, when i think of a um, pledge i think of you know like um like a, like a fraternity or sorority for
1: example or a biker gang oh, yeah. or a freemasonic organization
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so when you've been awarded very very low um pre-member status um, and you would typically be you, you you would typically have to undergo some sort of ordeal, um, some sort of penance, um, do something to prove your worth. Sure, a hazing. Um, yeah. Um, or, yeah, um, or take your stomping, or um, go through a sort of um, burial alive and rebirth ritual. Yes. Um, <clears throat> yes. Spoo- so it,
0: spoon um, 100 millilitres of mustard up your backside and then you can join our elite
1: club. <clears throat> um, I evidently went to a different university to you. <laughs> it, it, got, it got me through. It
0: got me through. I, I passed. I passed. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> Chorus. No apparent motive. Just kill and kill again. Survive my brutal thrashing. I'll hunt you till the end. My life's a constant battle, the rage of many men, homicidal maniac.
1: There we go. What do we think? Um, no apparent motive. There's this mm. use of the word apparent here. Mm. Um, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's not a bold statement of no motive.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and the, the very use of the word apparent um, it first to me that um, there is a motive, but um, it's one um, which is um, hidden or not apparent. Could this, in some way, be related to the pledge which we heard about a moment or two ago? Mm-hmm. Um, could it um, relate in some way to "Let's survive my brutal thrashing"? I mean, is 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 that, as it seems to me, is that um, a reference to some sort of abusive childhood or um, violent upbringing?
0: I think that word thrashing. I've made a note of that word, actually. Of course, um, I think that word thrashing is multi-layered, isn't it? Because I think they are. They're, 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 you know, they, they, it's, it's, it sounds very aggressive. It invokes some kind of terrifying, violent assault on whoever the poor victim is. But at the same time, it's kind of self-referential, isn't it? You know, it, it's almost speaking to the listener. You know, you, you know, are you, are you are you brave enough for this? Are you going to survive our Brutal Thrashing as as the band you know, I, I, I think it's multi-layered
1: Could it even refer to Survive My Brutal thr- Thrashing, could it even refer to the initiatory hazing or ordeal that we were alluding to earlier?
0: Of course that, the, 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 exactly, the, very very good the, the, that's another possibility isn't it the no apparent motive, I mean I, I read that pretty straight, I think that's like, almost like the killer taunting the police, you know uh, you, you, yeah. you, you're never gonna catch me. I am Gemini. I am Scorpio. You're never gonna catch me um, because you know my victims are so random. I have no clear thought process here. I just pick them at to- totally at random. Good luck finding an, an mo. Basically, the rage of many men. I mean, here are we just looking at a really kind of 1980s take on schizophrenia? I hadn't thought
1: of that. Mm. Um, and it's a good way of looking at it. Mm. Um, I think what you're inferring is that... Um, I, I, I think they mean multiple personality disorder or disassociated personality disorder. I don't mm. think they mean schizophrenia.
0: Sure. It, it, um, it, 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 you know, with our 2020 hat on, we
1: understand that. But you know, we have to remember this is this yeah. 35 years ago. The Rage of Many Men put me in mind of another socially irredeemable slasher film. Um, are you aware of Phantom Killer? Uh, I don't know the name. I don't think I've ever seen the film. I don't know whether I could recommend it to anyone um, in good faith. Um, it's not something you see every day, and it kind of has to be seen to be believed. Um, but the, the conceptual notion of what the killer actually is, which is um, a supernatural being that um, is literally the accumulated misogynistic ids, Mm-hmm. of many, many spurned, discarded, despised, um, antisocial men, um, which have sort of take, taken on corporeal life somehow.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I never would have thought of the, the, the killer, the, the, the protagonist of this track, as, as being a supernatural entity. Sure. Um, at all, um, until you mentioned it. Um, and then I, I got sort of fascinated by, by, by this line, um, the rage of many men. I think in equal parts, um it could refer to a a single piece of human-shaped meat which has many, many personalities. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm really, really fascinated um by this idea that it's um the the violent subconsciousness of conceivably um a whole city's worth of um discarded masculinity
0: well, but even you know why restricted to just one city you know it could be the you know the, the, the anguished kind of violent reaction of the whole history of masculinity you know and 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 the fury that, that is felt towards women by those kind of men
1: yeah um and um, we're coming back once again to something that we, we've we've seen before, um, which is a bit of a preoccupation with, of, of, of slayers, um, that um, and it, it's it, it's nothing as simplistic as violence breeds violence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's this sort of borderline supernatural um, approach to what happens to the the souls or the ghosts um, of people who die violently. Sure.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: At this point, I don't think I'm willing to say, um, I don't think I'm able to say um, mm-hmm. which of those many, many interpretations might be more or less correct than any of them. It's so a great, carry on for a bit.
0: It's a, it's a great interpretation, and I, I, I like your um, analysis here. If war is eternal, then why should anger and rage not be too? I like it. Yeah, let's move on. Just
3: in Flesh to shreds, watch the blood
2: flow free. Hatred growing stronger, not survive my
3: wrath. Suffer from the throb, yield your life to me.
0: Trapped in mortal solitude, lift the gleaming blade. Slice her flesh to shreds, watch the blood flow free. Hatred growing stronger, none survive my wrath. Suffer from the throb. (laughs) <laughs> suffer from the throbbing pain. Yo, <laughs> oh, it's been a while since I made me chuckle. Suffer from the throbbing pain. <laughs> Yield. <laughs> oh, suffer from the throbbing pain. Yield your life to me. Here we go, Doc. Go on. Obviously, one one of those caught me off guard and made me chuckle. What do we think of those lines?
1: these lyrics are not very good no Mm -hmm. um uh, and it's going to be a bit of a struggle for me to (laughs) mine much um (laughs) out of them (laughs) uh trapped in mortal solitude um lift the gleaming blade um i I can't even look at these lyrics. My eyes are just constantly drawn back to suffer from the throbbing pains. Um, I'm going
0: I'm to chalk that down as Slayer, silly lyric, entry number seven, I reckon. Um, there's just something intrinsically funny that the word throbbing. <laughs> well, oh. obviously.
1: Um, I mean... Um, um, <laughs> You almost can't use the word throbbing and expect no. anyone to take you seriously. You know, no. um, throbbing is like it's—it's it's like Slayer writing a, to- a, a song about toothache, or, right. Um Slayer writing a problem, uh, writing a song about uh, the morning after a really, really bad curry. That's
0: right. Um, or oh, 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 yesterday. or oh, by the way, yesterday. Oh, when I went and did some killing and I hit my—I th- hit my thumb with a hammer and now it's throbbing. Eight you know <laughs> terrible <laughs> terrible uh, I, I can't hear the word throbbing without thinking about of course the mighty throbbing gristle um for, for one thing of course um good lord yeah it's a terrible terrible line um to get a little bit more serious briefly interesting the specificity of the gender of the victim I mean, I could be wrong. I think this is the only time Slayer actually kind of refer to a, a, to a her or a she in their lyrics. Um, so, you know, for me here, they're taking a leaf out of... I mean, you, you, you referred to, during the last verse, you referred to the, you know, like the grimier, more nasty, down and dirty end of slasher movies. And to me, this... Yeah specifying the gender, they're taking a leaf directly out of Dario Argenta's book of filmmaking philosophy, basically. Always make the victim female to elicit sympathy and horror from the audience.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, We've got a very explicit line um, earlier on in the song, uh, Rape and Ravage, Lady Fair. Oh, you're right. Um, Yeah, I missed that one. You you are correct.
0: Yeah.
1: um, We are told by... Um, consistently by people who have better educations in gender politics and who should therefore know more than stuff like this, Um, that um, the more misogynistic end of horror films um, attempt to obviate the viewer's guilt um, by making the female victims into bad people or prostitutes um, or neglected mothers or um, people who the putative viewer is able to convince themselves somehow deserve to be punished. Mm-hmm. Um, never understood that angle. Um, don't actually know what films in particular they're talking about. Well, th- th- um, that that does not that does not jive with any,
0: any any horror that I've seen. I referenced Argento. His his female characters are generally, you know, very very intelligent, artistic, creative. Little, you know, creative kind of, um, Elvin sorts, um, yes. quite, the, quite the opposite of of the description you just provided.
1: Um, I, I don't know, um, what films those people are talking about. Um, I have a suspicion. Um, they're not talking about worst of breed, nasty slasher films at all. Mm-hmm. I have a suspicion that they're talking, um, about probably far more mainstream films. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, um, I suppose Psycho gets the the, the honourable mention here because um, people automatically assume that, that appalling old bore Alfred Hitchcock is far more influential and far more important than he actually is.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and Ooh, people yeah. assume that because Psycho um, has a woman being murdered in it, then every other film that comes afterwards where a woman gets murdered um, must be aping Psycho somehow. The, um, the, the doctors attacking
0: the, the good doctors attacking Hitchcock. This is great. It's going to be good for our ratings, Doc. Come on, keep it up. <clears throat>
1: um, no, uh, no hype intended. Um, mm. I I like a couple of, yeah, a couple of Hitchcock films. Um, mm. but for the most part, he's a massively overrated one-trick pony, mm. um, and the one trick wasn't even his. <laughs> um, so um, we we're, we're, we're sort of expected to believe or expected to go along with this idea that um every film that has a plot in which a woman gets murdered uh, by someone with mental illnesses um is somehow in debt to psycho or is, is is somehow sort of playing out of the same psychological playbook um i tend to agree with mo um a lot more um the the women of slasher films um the, the, there's, there's this silly sort of given piece of wisdom as well about um, if you have sex, you die, and I, I, I'm not quite sure what films those are talking about either. No, the, 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 um, no, that is a very
0: there is a very clear lineage to that logic, and that is Friday the Thirteenth. That's it. That, that, that film series. Oh, yeah. That's it. That's the rule in Friday the Thirteenth films. If you have sex, you die. If you don't, you live. That's it. That whole that whole trope. That whole meme. The whole whatever the whatever the kids are calling it these days, that all comes from Friday the 30th. That's it.
1: Fine. Um, well, now I know. Thank you. you um, so. um, there's there's no inference in, in in this song, as there is no inference in any slasher movie that the the, the, the person being murdered here has has done something to deserve mm, it. Mm, you're right. Um,
0: you're right, Doc. We're running really um, long, let, 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 and I don't think these lyrics deserve this 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 amount of time, actually. So let's let's get on with the third verse,
2: and the final verse.
0: Kiss the priest's only son,
3: if they die. By the needle's membrane, drained of purest blood. need to kill, death upon you now. Anxiously awaiting
0: next in blood. Kill preacher's only son watch the infant die bodily dismemberment drink the purest blood unrelenting need to kill death upon you now anxiously awaiting next in line so now he's killing a preacher's son um i mean what the fuck is going on in this movie doc what the fuck is the plot
1: um there's an interesting bit of um reversal of commonly accepted gender politics here which is that the um the male victim in 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 the final act um most definitely has done something to deserve um being murdered Mm -hmm. being a preacher son isn't necessarily anything the poor chap can help that's true um he didn't choose it yeah uh i'm um i i always sort of um like spotting unintentional linkages, and I can't help thinking at the moment if the, 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 the poor chap who's getting offed um, in this verse um, is the same son of a preacher man who is the only man who could ever touch Dusty just Springfield.
0: Aha. Aha. A, a, a pop culture um, joke from, from from the good doc there, here we go.
1: And yeah, so um, effectively the, the female victims um, are guiltless and do nothing to um, earn their uh, their horrible demise um the the male victim um in the movie um in the eyes of our protagonist at least um earns uh his his spectacular demise um for having having committed the transgression of being a preacher's son um drink, drink it's the an purest, explanation
0: sorry doc drink the purest blood again with a vague allusion to vampirism here surely surely
1: the very, very vaguest allusion to vampirism. Um, there was some talk in the popular press round about this time um, of certain debilitating mental illnesses causing people to behave in vampiric fashions.
0: I remember this.
1: Um, yeah. Um, and uh, it's, it's uncomfortable reading to look back on now. Um, I suppose what we need to do is remind ourselves that, um, not that things were so backward and medieval um, in the mid-80s, but that we have actually made some social progress, um, and um, we no longer um, view people with treatable mental illnesses um, as people who literally think that they're Dracula.
0: Of course. Um, be, ca- be careful, Snowflake. You might melt in the sun, darling.
1: <laughs> oh, nice one.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> Anxiously awaiting next in line. Um, <clears throat> now, what's going on here? So, we, we have a killer that is unrelenting in his need to kill. The kills and kills again. That is some kind of unstoppable force of of butchery constant and yet once he's eaten killed and eaten and drank the blood of that baby he then has to wait nine months at least for his next victim to arrive the next in line you know um i mean who is this guy is it eugene victor Toomes? just sped up a little bit I, i don't get it i don't i don't understand the narrative doc
1: Um, No, I don't either. Um, And it's so specific in its oddness Mm -hmm. that not for the first time when discussing the the, the lyrics of Slayer, I can't help thinking that there's a piece of trash culture oddity out there somewhere, which would make perfect sense.
0: We're missing a piece of the
1: puzzle, aren't aren't we? we?
0: Yeah. Um, It's clear, it's clear we are missing that crucial... Kind of like the keystone somewhere, I think.
1: It's like trying to read Finnegans Wake uh, without yeah. the key text, isn't it?
0: Exactly. You know. Yeah. Exactly. It's, it's, like, it's like trying to, to to read Dan Brown when you're when you're stone cold sober. It's 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 impossible. Um, any final thoughts on the lyrics, doc, or should we move on to our final appraisal?
1: I would, under normal circumstances, be critical of the lyrics. Politically, they are lazy at best. Um, poetically, they're not very poetical. I'm going to return to what I said right at the beginning of the discussion of the lyrics, which is, <clears throat> um, this is Slayer delivering a piece of unabashed trash gutter culture. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a song that goes along with the, um, the culture of <clears throat> 42nd Street and Times Square and urban decay in the early 80s, um, when big cities were literal death traps, when murders were under-investigated by corrupt police forces, um, and when city governments had so many of their own problems that they had very, very little interest in making things safe um, for common citizens. Mm. Um, It's a product of that environment. Um, It's the same environment that would go on to breed most obviously some very very antisocial, trashy hip-hop um really quite soon after this
0: sure you're right yeah within the next couple of years i would say for me you know lyrically it's it's a confused narrative um it makes it, it makes just not one jot of sense um but it is really really good Fun, horror-pasty stuff. So I quite liked it, even, even though it was, it was pretty rudimentary. Let's press on. It. Welcome to part four of Slaytanic Vercast here. We just offer our final thoughts and summations and discuss anything we might have missed along the way. But before we do that, some details. Writing credits. Music by Jeff and Kerry. Lyrics. No great surprise, to be honest. Just Mr. Kerry King. Um, according to setlist... Hang on, let me uh, let me find this, Doc. According to setlist, this this was played by Slayer just 99 times and comes in 61st position in the overall ranking. First played at Reseda Country Club, Los Angeles on January the 12th, 1985. Six months after Helloway's debuted live, incidentally. So... You know, the, 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 it seems to me they didn't feel confident that this, you know, that this was a slam alive. Um, and last played a place called Pala Trussardi in Milan, not in 1989. Um, so quite a brief live life for this track. Really, there, Doc. Any, you just said we had a little interruption there in, in the Zoom um, course. If, if, apologies to anyone listening if, if, there, if there was a slight problem there. But, but, doc, you did you you said it was interesting that that, that they didn't rate it as, as a live track. Go on, expand for us.
1: Well, um, it seems to me um, to be an obvious floor filler. Um, it, it seems to be one of those tracks that. Um, it's not so blisteringly fast that it would be terribly difficult to play live. Sure. Um, it seems to me that if you had a disinterested or rebellious audience on your hand, uh, on, on your hands, that's a track you could whip out and would get everyone, um, moshing along in sync, um, and, and would, would, would sort of get everyone back on your side again. Um, seems like a surefire crowd pleaser to me. Mm. Um, it could have been that um, Slayer never felt the need for sure fire crowd pleasers.
0: For me, I, I think maybe it's the lack of dynamics within the song. That, that you know, the, 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 maybe that's why they didn't play it too frequently. You know, when, you, you know, when they've when they've got other other songs with you know absolute cracking transitional moments to make the you know to. to, to you know, to make the club bounce. I, I suspect maybe that, that was one of the reasons. You know, you think about the transition in, I don't know, Black Magic or Die by the Sword or something like that. You know, that, that, surely that's going to win out every time over this one.
1: Do you think it could be a bit boring to play after a couple dozen times?
0: I also think, I mean, you said it, it, it doesn't sound very difficult to play. As a guitarist, I tell you what, I listen to that. It sounds fucking exhausting to play. Because it is unrelenting, there is no there, there is no change up of pace, and so it's just this steady, fast, chugged rhythm. That sounds really kind of re- to me. That sounds like a real stamina test for the, for the you know for the old uh, strumming wrist, as it were.
1: That's very very interesting.
0: Mm. I've I've never tried to play it, so I, I, I can't confirm that. But just by ear alone, that 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 sounds like a, a, an endurance test. Sure. So maybe that's the re- maybe that, maybe that's another reason. Come on, the doc, give us your final summations before we drop the scores.
1: Um, this is a good candidate for being my favourite all-round track so mm. far. Oh, right. Um, there are other tracks which have got bits in that I like better.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of beginning to end, um all the parts considered as a whole. Um, I mentioned before, I don't think it's too long. I think it has a chance to spread itself. Um, Wasn't bored with it, not even for one second. Um, And I don't think I get bored with it either. Um, I thought it was great.
0: Mm, I I think you are more positive about this song than I am. Um, I like it. I think it is too long. Um, I really really feel it needed some kind of change up somewhere you know somewhere at the three minute mark just do something different i, I, I just find that same tempo throughout a bit of a problem that being said you know the, the not a bad riff in it the solos are great the vocal delivery is great apart from a little grating thing in in the, in the chorus but that's i know that's my problem um yeah yep yeah, yep yeah. You like it better than I do. Let's see, let, let's see how that's reflected in the scores, Doug. Come on, hit, hit us with your swords, please.
1: I'm going to give it nine out of ten. Nine oh. liquescent swords out of ten. Whew. You know, briefly, I thought
0: this could be your first ten out of ten, the way you were talking about it. But I, 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 I know how, how, how proudly you kind of cherish those. So mm, nine out of ten, <laughs> that's very, very, very good for me. Ah I can't go above six. It's a six out of ten for me, doc. Six out of ten. Goodness six mouldering mutilated most schools out of ten. Um, okay, that about does it for this episode. Don't forget to contact us on Twitter at Vercast or on email at StitanicVehrcast at gmail.com. Join us next time when we will be discussing the third track. From Hello Ace entitled At Dawn They Sleep. See you then, guys. See you, Doc. Bye bye.